When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You are on the block with Drake Men's Basketball. I'm Michael Admire, and I think we have a fun episode for you. And uh, we need a fun episode about this time of the week because kind of hoping this can serve as a distraction from all the election results, uh, watching, constantly watching all the news sites. And then, of course, you know, the, the COVID numbers are rising throughout the country and in the state of Iowa. So um, all those are extremely important topics, but at the same time, we got to find our outlets. Uh, plus, we're less than three weeks away from the first scheduled Bulldog basketball game. And that is, that's exciting. Uh, and I'd like to welcome in Cole Neary. Cole's going to help us out with the Ask Admire segment. We're going to switch it up a little bit this week. So uh, thank thank you, Cole, for being on here to, to help out a little bit. Yeah, Michael, thanks for having me again. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's been a, a week full of tension. And that's the cool thing with the power of sports. It just brings people back together. And so being in the office and paying attention to, to Drake basketball only three weeks away has kind of been my outlet. And I hope this can be an outlet for uh, other people in this, this week and, uh, and during this time. I, I can be a little I can be a little obsessive, too, when it comes to news watching, because just being in the news business for so long, I'm just fascinated by the constant technology and how it's covered from each outlet to outlet and just seeing how the anchors handle, you know, some of those anchors have been on, you know, they're doing 18 hour days or 20 hour days. And so I, I found myself locked into some of that stuff even more so than, you know, what the actual results may be at the pre uh, presidential election. But uh, it is a topic that really impacts people. 
uh, at so many levels. It impacts all of us. Um, so yes, it, it's so important, but yeah, man, we gotta, <laughs> I've enjoyed like this morning, just typing out some thoughts and looking back at the roster. And yesterday I went into practice and yeah, coach was, coach was straightforward. I mean, coach DeVries, uh, um, you know, the team had a scrimmage last Saturday and he was like, he was honest with the team. He just said, we took a little bit of a step back on Saturday. Some of the things that we've been doing so good the past few weeks, we took a step back. Well, reality is starting to sink in. We're, we're three weeks away from a basketball game against a power five school. So we've got to crank it up. We're going to start coaching you harder. And this is what Coach DeVries is telling the team. You know, we're, we got to start coaching you guys harder. We're going to start pushing you. You know, it's not personal attacks, but to get ready in three weeks to play a basketball game uh, at the Octagon of Doom. I mean, we we got to crank it up a little bit. So that was kind of uh, kind of exciting to hear. Yeah, that's uh, great to hear. You know, the moment you step on the court or the field or your playing surface, you kind of got to put all distractions aside. And, you know, for two hours, you're pedal to the metal on, and focus solely on your team and what you have to get done. And so Coach DeVries and his staff, I'm sure, are doing a great job getting those guys locked in and focused away from all the distractions and, you know, to do big things this year on the basketball court. Yeah, you can see the team. They, they definitely reacted to it yesterday at practice. Uh, got after it. Worked a lot on the defensive end. Uh, that's a, a point of emphasis this year, uh, switching up the defense a little bit and switching up some philosophy. So that'll be, uh, you know, exciting to see how that kind of plays out in three weeks. But uh, a lot of work being done on the defensive end. And uh, I know there are a ton of questions that fans have that, uh, I mean, heck, even I have that uh, people within the athletic department, just curious kind of how the season's go going to play out and how the guys are looking because there's less access to practice, practice, practice right now. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to give fans and everybody an opportunity to ask those questions. Um, and that's why we decided to – set aside the top five this week and put out a prompt on social media to ask Admire. Uh, I love alliterations. So we're, we're asking Admire this week. And uh, Cole, I think you have a handful of questions that we can jump into and, and just roll. And uh, hopefully I can answer at least some of these. Yeah, some great questions came in online and, and we'll kick it off with a question from at Drake Dogs on Twitter. Drake Dogs. A lot of great news comes from Drake Dogs, very informed within what's happening. And he's got a good question for us. Any new scheduling info besides South Dakota State dropping out of the K-State event? Well, and I'll be honest, I was camping this weekend and had like no service at all. And when he sent that message in, I was like, wait, what? What the heck? Like the South Dakota State has moved to this other tournament. So uh he had the he was ahead of me on, on even that one. So I went in to talk to a few of the guys this week, some of the coaches, and was just kind of getting a feel for like what the heck's going on. And I mean, the sentiment all offseason has been the scheduling will be ongoing. So what you see on any calendar, I mean, it could change within you know 24 hours before four weeks before. I mean, there, it's just going to be such in flux. I mean, we see college football what it's going through right now, the NFL, what it's going through right now, moving games around. So I, I think we'll definitely see that uh, at the collegiate level. You know, as for uh, that MTE, the um, the little Apple showcase, 
I honestly have no idea. Um, Kansas is still on the calendar. Uh, still plan on opening at, uh, you know, against the Wildcats. But as for that, it, it's kind of up to Kansas State to fill that spot because it, it's their um, MTE. So it, it'll be Kansas State bringing in another team to, to fulfill that. Uh, it's a little disappointing because I would have loved to see Drake play South Dakota State. And uh, mentioned on the podcast last week, that might have been the, the tougher of the two games between K-State and South Dakota State. Uh, been a really good test coming out of the gate. But at the same time, I think K-State will will find somebody to fill that, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's another thing, like, if they don't, maybe it's just a one game for Drake and, you know, we're back, uh, back home for Thanksgiving, which uh, may not be a, a bad thing. Yeah, the other thought is, do they possibly turn that into a round robin? And it's it's back-to-back days. You know, what do you think of that? And we play K-State, and then we play Colorado, and it's a three-day tournament still, but you don't really get a break, or at least one team doesn't get a break. I wonder if they're considering that option. That makes total sense. I mean, it really does. Um, and what's interesting about that too, Cole, is that Colorado was on Drake's schedule, uh, on the initial schedule for this year. The non-conference never got released, but uh, Drake was planning on playing in Boulder again this year. So – yeah, that, that's a real possibility. And I don't know what uh, Coach DeVries thinks about playing two Power 5 schools to begin the season, uh, you know, at neutral sites or uh, on opposing court. But, hey, uh, let, let's go. Let's get it started like that. Um, yeah, that, that would be that would be an interesting case. And I, I do kind of want to fully answer the question because he asked about scheduling. Uh, the non-conference schedule is – it, it just needs some uh, I's dotted and some T's crossed, but it's pretty much set in stone. Um, I, we can't like get into who all um, Drake could be playing or uh, where where those games might be played, but uh, I do get a sense that it'll look to begin the year. It'll look a, a little bit like it has in years past. You know, Drake playing a couple games on the road against you know another, a mid-major or two. Uh, Drake playing a couple home games against a mid-major or two, and then uh, I would imagine you know an NAIA school or a, a D3 school coming into town, D2 school coming into town, um, and then yeah maybe you get like a you know a lower a lower major school too, another D1 school that that would come in here. Um, that's that's what the schedule looks like right now, and I mean the plan is right now to have some non-conference games at the NAP Center, but whether fans will be there or not. I mean, that's still all up in the air, especially with these rising COVID numbers. But, uh, yeah, there is a plan to play, you know, five, six, seven non-conference games at this point. But, again, the caveat is that the scheduling will be ongoing. And I, I do know another point I want to bring in there is pretty much all those teams on Drake's schedule right now uh, on the non-conference schedule are Midwest teams. So, they are trying to keep it as close as possible, where it's driving distance for away games, and then uh, you know same scenario for the oppo- the opponents that they can easily drive into the nap center. So you know you you can see teams driving in the the night before, getting in really late, and you know playing the game right away. Yeah, I wouldn't want to um, be in charge of scheduling this year. It's going to be a very interesting challenge, and we're going to see a lot of changes throughout the year. So, 
hats off to Coach DeVries and, and his staff and best of luck to them as they navigate uh, that challenge. But uh, Michael, let's move on to the next question here. Uh, came in from Lucas Sanders uh, with the Twitter handle at Sanders9LM. And his question is, will the bowl in the NAP Center be ready for this season or is it delayed? Well, Cole, how about you tell us? No, <laughs> being the fundraiser guy of, of the group. No, it's, uh, it is going to be delayed. Uh, I mean, so many variables played into that uh, along with uh, COVID. I mean, there, there was some momentum coming into the spring that there may be a few things done. But I think they're just going to go in and, and do it all at, at once. Um, and, and that's that's the goal. Um, and, and I do believe it'll be ready for next fall. Uh, next, uh, for sure by next, not, I don't want to say for certain because there's so many variables still out there. But the plan is to have it ready for next basketball season. Love to have it ready for volleyball season as well. But there is a lot of uh, momentum in getting that ready for next year. But yeah, just... Trying to make everything work with COVID was really tough. Getting the designs right. Whenever you're doing this, you want to do it. You want to do it right. So I know our team with Patrick Tomka and Brady Randall and of course Brian Harden and Coach DeVries and Jenny Bronchek, like everybody has thoughts and input. And I know that they just really want to get this done right. And Cole, you're you're on the fundraising side, so you you see some of the ins and outs of that, but. Um, yeah, the plan is next winter and, and really like with with COVID and not knowing how many fans are going to be in the stands this year. I mean, Brian's already said it will for sure be less than 25 percent of capacity. So, I mean, we know there aren't going to be a ton of fans in there anyway. So you really want to show it off. You really want to open it up on a year where people are going to be excited to get back into the NAP Center. No, Michael, you hit it spot on. And there's so many little details that go into these big projects. But I think um, when it does happen, it's going to be done right. And that first time you walk back into the NAP Center, when it's re it's all done, it's going to be a chilling, like, this is awesome. And yeah. so, you know, hats off to everyone on every side of the, the ballpark and the work that they've put in and kind of adjusting with all of these COVID challenges and, and making different arrangements to make sure we do get this right i and i do want to say one thing I'll, I'll give a little bit of sliver here there will be hospitality areas in the new nap center i mean that's that's the big key and i mean that's gonna be so cool places for people to to gather and and hang out and uh have a have a cold drink and watch the game i mean it's gonna be I, i'm really excited and like on our side we're you know uh, Sean Ingracia, you know, in charge of creative services and myself, you know, we're hoping that there are some additional uh, bells and whistles added to it. It'll, it'll be definitely a great experience for the fans and really um, lighten it up for our student athletes to give them, you know, what they want and in the environment that they deserve playing on that court. And that's what it's all about. I was being a little facetious about Sean and I getting getting stuff i mean it's 100 percent about making the, the the arena not only you know exciting for fans and make fans want to get into the nap center but also pr to provide a division one environment for our student athletes yeah of course well uh we'll move on to the next question here the next three questions actually 
uh, came in from the same person, very interested in what's going on with uh, Drake men's basketball. Jeff Hassing, Jeff, thanks for all, all your questions and all your interest. His Twitter handle is IronRipkin8. And we'll kick it off with his first question. Which player or players do you think have improved the most from last year and are ready to make a big impact on the court? Yeah, this one is a is a good question because I, I truthfully watching how everybody has played uh, so far this fall. I mean, everybody has taken strides forward, and, and there's there's no doubt about that. From uh, you know seeing Nate Ferguson fully healthy, I mean seeing him on the court and moving around the way he has has been really exciting. Issa Samake, and those are a couple guys. I know we'll have a question coming up, but um, we have. The, are the, those two guys maybe concerned a little bit about how much progress they'd be able to make when you don't have spring and summer workouts? So uh, it is good to see that they are still making the strides that you'd expect from you know a red shirt into their now you know red shirt freshman year. Um, the the talk around you know the team is that DJ Wilkins you know is back quote unquote like he's feeling more confident than he ever has. I mean, Roman Penn is a just a phenomenal leader in his shot. I mean, he's starting to really find it. Jonah Jackson's been great. We've talked about him. Um, but, I mean, I guess I think I'm going to go with a guy that we haven't talked a ton about uh, in this podcast. So far, we interviewed him earlier. But I, I'm going to go with Garrett Sturts and, and just uh, his work on the offensive end. He, um, His ability to get to the rim and his aggressiveness – I mean, we know how good he is at the pump fakes and how how smart he is on the defensive end. But just some of the leadership strides that I've seen him make and how aggressive he, he's gotten and how vocal he's gotten has been really eye-opening and great to see. But, uh, you know, the, last year I know there have been uh, – there are a few times where Garrett, you know, had, had a wide-open shot and, and put the basketball in, in his holster and – you don't see that timidness any anymore, or I haven't seen that timidness in practice. How that translates will be interesting, but I'm excited to see what Garrett does this year, and especially in in a role that he's going to play. You know, be that sixth man, seventh man off the bench. Uh, it, it'll be. I'm excited to see what he's done, and, and he's put on some weight, and he's gotten bigger and stronger, and just a couple more years in a program. I mean, he and sophomore playing right away and, and now he's uh, a year older he's an upperclassman and that jump from your sophomore to junior year is a it really matters that's uh, great to hear about Sturtz he you've been at practices more than I have um, but he's just a workhorse and he's so smart and has the basketball knowledge of the ball goes up he knows where it's going to hit the rim if it's going to miss and he's going to fight for that rebound and so it's awesome to hear his game you know, continuing to grow and have that little confidence level. And that's going to, he's going to be fun to watch this year. Yeah. He, I mean, he's just, he's a guy that you want on your team. I mean, we say it all, say it all the time on the broadcast with, with Paul Dwarfell. I mean, he's just a, he's one of those guys you have to have in a college basketball program. That's awesome. You know, Michael, this, the next question here, you've already kind of mentioned Isa and Nate, but his next question is, what can we expect from Issa Samake and Nate Ferguson, whom we really didn't get to see much from last year? Yeah, both of those guys redshirted last year. So 
the only time we got to see them was at the end of the bench, um, cheering on the guys. Uh, Issa was uh, healthy all year, got in, you know, the full workouts, was, you know, working against, you know, Liam Robbins and and the other big men in the in the program. But um, Nate had the, had the year off basically with some back injuries and he was slowly starting to come back in February and then everything got shut down. So uh, there was a little bit of concern of, you know, how much progress he would make, like I was just saying. But I mean, this is by far the uh, most interesting. I think this is the most interesting battle, most interesting competition uh, for this upcoming season. Who will be the first big man off the bench? For Drake, because I, I think Darnell will, will get that starting spot. But all right, is it going to be? Do you want to go with you know length and uh, defensive prowess and Issa Samake, or do you want to bring in Nate, who is very offensively gifted, uh, but just may not be as big of a presence in the post defensively? Uh, both those guys are are extremely tall, extremely long, and very athletic. So both those guys can do so much uh, at, at both ends of the court. But yeah, I, I think you'll, you'll get to see a lot of them. And I think the first few weeks, uh, first few games, especially heading into non-conference, uh, you, you'll see both those guys playing a lot of minutes. So Coach DeVries can figure out kind of who, you know, who he wants when it comes to conference season. And another thing is like, it's going to be tough for any freshmen, uh, any sophomores to really crack the lineup because the dogs are, are old and they just have so much experience that, I mean, finding those minutes for some of the young guys will be really tough. So uh, hopefully one of those guys really shines. Um, if not, it'd be a, it's going to be a great competition and uh, a bright future down low for, the, for Drake. Yeah, both of those guys kind of have their own um, style of play, but that competition that you've touched on is big in practice, and you know they're continuing to fight and battle, and it makes everyone better. So that that's been great to see in practice. You know, these past couple of months building up to the season, and then our our final question here, Michael from from Jeff again, is uh, which freshman do you think could be a solid contributor right away? And you already touched on, you know, it, it could be hard for those younger class, younger guys to step in right away because we are such an old team. But who really has stood out for you in that freshman class? Yeah, so, I mean, when it comes to the redshirt freshmen, I mean, Issa and uh, Issa and Nate have been great. I mean, they've been really good. And Okai Jamgoose, uh, the Canadian shooter, sharpshooter, he, he's been really good in practice. He's got a little bit of uh, room to make up on the defensive end, but he, he has been – working hard at that spot. And then you think about the incoming freshmen, just three incoming freshmen this year, including the walk-on Devin Dalkey. I mean, I, I really don't foresee any of the true freshmen playing this year, but at the same time, like it's a free year when it comes to um, eligibility. So any of those guys could get a game or could get five minutes or could get, you know, a, a week here if, the team gets hit with a, a COVID stretch. Some of those guys may have the opportunity, if you will, to play. Uh, and we'll talk to Bryson Burns coming up here uh, in our in our one-on-one -on -one conversation. And he's he's a very talented player, uh, good kid, uh, an extremely talented player. So uh, 
he's gonna be fun to watch. But yeah, I would say when it comes to uh, your redshirt freshman, it'll be Issa and Nate kind of battling out for that for that spot there. And we're all done. That's the those are the questions. Yep, those are all the questions. Um, some great questions came on online, and if anyone ever has questions, you know, feel free to shoot a tweet at Michael or uh, give us a call because we're always glad to talk and we're always happy to answer. Yeah, no, for sure. It, I don't. I put out the prompt on social media on Monday for the Ask Admire. We'll, we'll keep doing this here and there, uh, and and of course I'll put out the prompt um, more than just. Um, that one week. But if you do ever have any questions, like we'll put in the back pocket, we can have a little ask admire bonus every once in a while. Um, but no, this was fun. It was, it's kind of cool to react to the questions every once in a while and talk about what I'm, what I'm seeing. Cause usually piloting the podcast or piloting the, uh, you know, play by play broadcast. Uh, yeah. It, it don't get the chance to react so much. So Cole, thanks for your help, man. Yeah, of course, Michael. And if you'll allow me one sec here, um, put yes. a little plug in. Monday night, there is a tip-off celebration to kind of kick off the basketball seasons. Uh, if you go to um, the Drake Bulldogs Twitter account, at DU Bulldogs, there was a, a tweet that was on Monday um, with information on how to RSVP to that and how to gain access uh, to that Zoom link. You'll hear it from Coach DeVries, you're going to hear from Coach Baranchek, a special guest speaker, Doug Elgin, the Missouri Valley Conference Commissioner. Um, and it's going to be a great program from 7 to 8. So if anyone uh, wants to tune into that, please go to at DU Bulldogs on Twitter or you can give myself a call and we can get you RSVP'd at 515-271-2228. Cole, I appreciate you saying that because, yeah, not only Monday will be fun, the you know, unofficial, official tip off to the basketball season uh, will be Monday night, but then signing day is next week. And I mean, once you get within two weeks of basketball season, it really starts to feel like, all right, like, this is, this is going down. This is happening. So yeah, it'll be a fun week next week for uh, both of the basketball teams. So appreciate the plug there, man. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me again, Michael. All right. That is Cole Neary. Now it's time to go one-on-one. -on -one with the true freshman, Bryce Burns. You and me, mano y mano. I, I, I play for keeps. I, I play for keeps. Oh, it's on, one-on-one on one with Bryce Burns. Bryce, uh, the youngest guy to, to join us on the podcast uh, so far this year. Uh, true freshman out of Houston. Really excited to get to know you a little bit and for our fans to get to know you a little bit more. Uh, let's just start off with like how practice was today what was it like <laughs> practice was uh pretty pretty good it was long it's um i'm still getting used to how intense practices is you know compared to high school it's very it's a different level you know you got to work way harder remember a lot of stuff so it's pretty it's going good though i like it we'll get into your journey to drake in, in just a little bit but uh i mean briefly you go from high school to a, a year of prep school there weren't a ton of offers uh, at the even at the Division two level, and but um, you make your way to Division one basketball. I mean, how big of a jump was that? Just like how has it felt, you know, playing Division one basketball? I mean, have you wrapped your mind around that yet? <laughs> I don't think I have, honestly. 
I'm still shocked myself. Like coming out of high school, didn't have really much. But now I took one year of prep and now I'm like I'm at the D one level and it's like everything's different. But I'm I'm definitely adjusting to it. But I I like it here though. You mentioned how uh, much harder you have to work at the at the Division One level. What else stands out to you about the the jump? Pretty much, it's the outside of the intensity level. It just playing with other good D one guys. Like all the players on the team are good, and just like everybody has their role, and you got to find your your place in it. And like back in high school, I didn't really have like a specific role like I kind of did pretty much everything but now I don't have to because everybody pretty good at something like we got a big man I never played with a big man before like a real big big guy and so that's that's something different okay so the question I was going to ask is like who's who stood out to you what's what's a guy on the team or who's a guy on the team that you're like man that's I've never played with a guy like that uh it's really two guys it's big Brody and Tank you know, Tank is an athletic. He's super athletic. I ain't never really played with nobody like that. That's athletic as me, you know. That, that's very interesting. It's uh, the the new guys bonding together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I did want to get to talk to you about your journey and just kind of what brought you to Drake because the last two years have been really unique and I'm sure at times challenging. Um, and it kind of started on the football field in high school when you broke your hand. Mm -hmm. um, can you just kind of elaborate on uh, how that kind of came about and um, yeah, what it was like playing high school football in Texas? High school football in Texas is different. It's different from every, any other state. But I actually did love football at the time. I was playing football, ended up breaking my hand. So I sat out um, like half AAU season, like probably the most important like season. AAU, that's where everybody gets offers and stuff. And so we was they were my team was traveling and I'm sitting out, not in front of coaches, kind of depressed, like I feel like I was missing out. But luckily I got a chance. Coaches here took a chance on me. Coach Woodley and Coach D, you know, they showed much love for me. So I really feel like I could play here too. Oh, there, there's no doubt. Um I'm just getting to watch a, a few practices with you playing. Um Man, all right, so NAIA, uh, actually William Penn just down the street here in central Iowa, uh, and then a Division three school, I believe in Massachusetts, where your only offer is coming out of high school. I mean, how did that kind of hit you? I really wasn't surprised because of me breaking my hand and I wasn't getting exposed to coaches, you know. Like, William Penn was my first offer out of everybody, and then – eventually came I got interest from other schools but only like the other D3 but I understood what was, what was going on I wasn't satisfied though I feel like I wanted another chance I got it what led you to the a year of prep school um I sat down talked to my um my dad and some other coaches and I was already like young enough to do another year of high school but I didn't really want to do another year of high school and it was like other options going prep and playing like JUCOs and stuff. So that sounded good. Like that's basically going JUCO, but keeping like a year of eligibility. So I was, I was on board with it. Yeah. I had read that you considered even just going to college and, and starting your studies and not even playing basketball. What, what kept you 
going? What motivated you to kind of shed some of that, uh, some of those tough times when it came to the injury and lack of scholarships to continue your dream? Really, it was just like every team we played, it was like the other team's coach was telling me, like, I'm a very good player. Like, I can play at the D1 level. And that was surprising for me because, like, it was the other team coach saying that to me. So I was like, maybe I can. So now I'm here. Like, I'm glad they told me. That really motivated me, too. That's interesting because, I mean, that uh, that confidence for you to play at the second level or the next level came from uh, other people. Yeah. How long did it take you to realize that, you know, I personally, Bryce Burns, can play at the next level? Um. It didn't take me that long once I got to prep school. Like our first few tournaments, uh, I, I was playing real, real well against some JUCOs, and it was college coaches there, and they was like really interested in me. And so that's when I knew I'm like, I think I'm gonna be good. I'm glad I took this decision to go to prep. So out of prep school, you start getting some offers from Division One schools, and you commit to Illinois Chicago you're on your way to UIC and then they have a coaching change late. Uh, I mean, several months after the, uh, or I guess it was uh, early April is when, you know, that change happened. I mean, you had to reopen your recruitment process. What was that like then? Uh, I was disappointed. I'm not going to lie. It was just like, it was a shock to me when, like, I was already on board. I'm like, I'm already, I'm ready to go to Chicago. I'm soon as possible. And then coaches change. And then, yeah, that's what happened. I got to open recruitment. But luckily, Drake was already there. Like, the next day, they was already on top of it. And I'm happy. I'm super happy they, they did that. What What is it? What was it about Drake that um, interests you? What was it? Um, it was pretty much just talking to the coaches every day. Coach Willie. And eventually got to talk to uh, Coach D. And they made me feel like I can really play there. They was, like, giving me the confidence. Like, you can definitely play here. We, this, we got a perfect place, perfect role. You, you're an athlete that, that can definitely play here. I'm like, maybe I can. So talk to them for a minute. I'm like, I really like talking to these dudes. They really feel like I can play here. And instead of the other coaches, they'll call me every once in a while, just trying to see if I'm with. They kept trying to give me it, but I wasn't like building a relationship with them yet, unlike Coach Wood. I find it interesting that you, um, one of the things that really stood out to you in that recruitment process was just the academics and how um, excited you were about the challenge of Drake University. Um, I, I know you're going into finance. Yeah. What what drew you into the finance world? What what jacks you up about that? Um, really, at first, I wanted to do engineering, oh, wow. but I was talking to other coaches. They was like, that's pretty hard, but I like what my mom does. She's an accountant, and she's into finance and stuff, and I'm like, right now, I'm into, like, um, buying stocks and stuff, so I'm real interested in that. Like, I like, you know, dealing with money and stuff like that. Okay, what are, what are the stocks? You got any tips? I'm right now, I'm on Tesla. Hopefully, it'll go up. <laughs> You know, everybody wants Tesla, Apple, uh, a couple other ones like Beyond Meats. That's some small ones that are probably gonna build up eventually. Hopefully, when COVID over, COVID nineteen is over, everything's gonna go up. Man, you're 
we don't know each other that well, but you're speaking right to my heart. Sustainable energy and plant-based meat products. Yeah. I, I like it. I mean, but that's interesting that, I mean, what led you to those, uh, what led you to those two, um, was it just the price, the market or? Uh, the price. I take, um, I take other like classes outside of Drake classes. Uh, there's one dude online, like he teaches like the way, like the strategies you look and stock it and all that stuff. So I'm real interested in that. I'm real interested in it. Like, I really want to do it, become like big in it, and make some money off of it. Okay. Well, uh, I don't want to get like too much into like the like how much you're throwing at at all these stocks, but mm -hmm. like how um, how much risk are you taking right now, or is it just about like the learning process? Right now, I'm trying to learn. I'm not big on risk right now, even though I want to take some risk right now. But I'm not. I'm just chill right now. I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna just play it safe right now. That's cool, man. Uh, that's really really need to learn about you. Um, I I am interested just what what it's like. You, you um, go from you know prep school and and high school and everybody's going through this virtual learning process right now. But as a guy that's like into stocks, into learning, you're pursuing ways to learn outside the classroom. I mean how how is it for you trying to learn virtually right now and still get used to this division one program it's pretty hard like learning online is definitely different than in class where you can ask questions and stuff but it's not as hard as you think but it definitely makes it more difficult to concentrate get up every day turn the computer on listen to somebody talk on the computer and actually try to learn and basically what you really got to do is just like use other resources that might help and actually use Twitter and all that. But it would be way better if we was like actually in person to actually learn stuff. So I wanted to dive in a little bit more uh, about your like football playing career. What position did you play? I played receiver and a little bit of safety. Okay. Was it just football and basketball growing up? Yeah, just football and basketball. Just those two sports. Was there ever like a kind of – you had to pick one or the other? Uh uh, it was never like that. I was told it was eventually going to get like that. When I got to college, I was going to have to pick one. But I definitely like bas love basketball way more than football. Football was definitely a, more of a hobby to me. I like I love basketball. Actually. What was a memory playing high school football in Texas? I mean, obviously we we hear hear all about it, seen the movies. Uh, it's really crazy because it's like. If high school football, high school, high school football in Texas is huge. Like everybody's gonna be at the game. Like there's big stadium, million dollar stadiums. Uh, Friday night lights is like, especially I'm the tall receiver. Everybody just throw it up to uh, number eight. You know, <laughs> I'm tall, jump high. You already know what I was gonna do. Go and get it, score a touchdown. That's what I love to do. That's cool. So, what was your uh, what was your basketball inspiration? And what got you got you into that sport? Basketball, it's probably my mom. My mom played basketball in college, and she was my basketball coach all throughout my childhood. So I just like I like um, learning from my mom. She was a good basketball. She played big man though, but I could learn from her, and she was already like that was my mom. Like I can't just say nothing else about it. All right, yeah. Tell me more about your mom. What's what or what are your parents' names? Uh, Reggie and Amarantha. Amarantha. Yeah. All right. Uh, where did she play ball at? Uh, she played at uh, 
Houston Tillerson. Okay. Uh, I think it's an NAI in Austin. Okay, very cool. And then she uh, she coached you through little league or into middle school, high school. What was? Um, until I think middle school. She didn't she didn't coach me in middle school, but right before middle school, all through all my like childhood through there. Okay, what what was it like having your mom being the coach, or really just any parent being the coach growing up? I thought it was gonna be weird, but since it was my mom, it was different. Like if it was my dad, I didn't want to be like playing daddy ball and all that. But my mom was really hard on me because she she actually played the sport and all that. My dad, I feel like my dad is worse though on me with, with basketball. But my mom was the one who taught me the fundamentals and stuff. But my dad was the one who kind of motivated me more. Like he was really hard on me. But I love I love the fact that he did that. So your parents obviously had a big influence uh, on you and and how you played the game. What, what would you tell Drake fans about Bryce Burns, the basketball player? What what can they expect once you get the opportunity to hit the court? They can expect a lot from me. I'm here to play. I'm here to really bring some, win some games. That's what I want to do. Win. That's all I'm thinking about. Just win games. Play my role. I hear, I hear you like the defensive end. Yeah. <laughs> what What is it about that? I take pride in playing defense. That's what I love to do, locking the best player up. That's what I want to do. All the coaches in the Drake locker room love to hear that. Um, all right, so let's just talk big picture this year. Um, what, what are your goals? Being a true freshman, uh, what are your goals, role expectations, kind of uh, all that? Uh, first, my goal is academically just make all A's and make honor, you know, of course. But basketball-wise, like, I'm going to eventually find my role and, like, make the best of it. Like, do what I have to do to help other guys, the whole team win and satisfy the coaches and fans. That's really what I want to do. Find my, um, my niche, basically. Uh, pretty cool stuff, man. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you.